1: It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural. No pesticides. No artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. This is Radio Ten Twenty KDK.
3: Both part of that TribLive.com brand. It is Doug Oster. EverybodyGardeners.com as well, along with Jessica Walliser, award-winning author. And yes, your phone calls right now. And every single line is wide, wide open. And Nothing better to warm you up on this very frigid Sunday morning than thinking spring and thinking gardening. So get on the line, 866-391-1020 or Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdka.com. And right now, the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, that's something that makes everybody warm up. They do great work out at Sorgles and Wexford, so if you're the 10th caller, you'll get that $25 gift certificate. But right now, here they are, the stars of the show, Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser. Good morning, you two, and Happy
4: New Year. Happy New Year. I am Doug Oster from the Tribune Review and EverybodyGardens.com. And
0: I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser, and we're all frozen. Oh, It's cold in the studio, but it's not as cold as it is outside, which... My car said minus four this morning. That's yeah, cool.
4: mine said minus three. And then when I came to the tunnels, it went up to three above. But Ooh. I don't know how accurate <laughs> that is. Hey, something I yeah. wanted to reference from last week was a tomato, a caller talk, called about a tomato that we talked about a couple weeks ago. But I couldn't find it on my phone uh, during the show. And I looked it up last night. Uh, Atlas. Is the name of this tomato from Burpee? That's a container tomato. Only it puts on big, meaty tomatoes. Puts on one pound tomatoes. So uh, I had a caller ask about that, and I could, for the life of me, could not find it. On Did it come phone. to you at
0: like two a.m.? That's usually what happens to me.
4: No, I, I, I had it in my mind all week. I was like, okay. I got to look for that. Gotta and then by the
0: morning, for I forget it. That's a problem yeah. when it comes to you at th- <laughs> two or three a.m. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to remember that. And then you wake up and you don't remember.
4: Where do you get to be yeah. my age? <laughs> you won't remember anything. <laughs> Uh, so you took your tree down.
0: We did. We took our Christmas tree down. It's right now. We uh, we had a little one in the family room and a big one in the living room. And so they're out back right by the bird feeders. Yeah. Right you now, know,
4: so. somehow recycle that tree. Yep. Uh, can't go to the landfill. You certainly don't want that. But uh, a lot of municipalities recycle them. We haven't taken ours down yet, but I always put mine in the same place. And it's kind of like a little rabbit haven down there in the woods mm-hmm. for it. And Yeah. I know the rabbits come to the garden, but you got to help out the wildlife. You know, it'd be a good place for the birds to hide before they come to the feeder, that sort of thing. That's another thing is when it's this cold, boy, keeping those feeders filled up, give them some suet. Uh, we always want to help the birds. I do. Uh, I actually went for a hike yesterday. I couldn't stand being inside anymore. So <laughs> I hope you were bundled up. Yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't bad at all. You know, it was about yeah. six degrees, seven degrees. Oh, that's not bad. Well, I mean, it, you'd think, <laughs> but you, you get you get the clothes on, you get the layers on. You get you
0: moving. Start moving.
4: Yeah. You know. Yeah. It was fun, actually. It was really fun.
0: Yeah, my son was talking about going out and sledding, and I was like, yee. Yeah, let's wait Yeah, there was until no tomorrow. one. There was no
4: one at the sledding hill at this yeah, park. So. Yeah, In fact, there was no one except the one other guy with a dog at the park. That was it. We had the park all to ourselves. So when it was, they talk it about your fun.
0: your skin freezing, you know, any bit of uncovered skin, I was I was like, yeah, let's let's, let's hold off a day. And now we're supposed to get more. Of what did they say? Two to four inches now on Monday night. I think they just said on the weather. Well, the, the snow will so be a good you know, insulator.
4: There, yeah, there you way. go. Yeah,
0: <laughs> very good. A very good insulator for something that you could go out and plant right now. Which is seems a little odd that you could head out to your garden even when it's snow covered and plant something, but there is something that you can plant now and should be planting within the next few weeks if you haven't already, and that is I know I would ask you to guess, but you got the paper right in front of you, our little note note sheet here, but it's milkweed. So as most of our listeners probably know milkweed is the only host plant for the monarch butterfly, and monarchs could use our help right now. There's lots of different species of milkweeds uh, out there. In fact, I think there's 70 different species native to North America, so you have lots of choices with milkweed. And now is a good time to sow the seeds. And the reason being is because the seeds must go through a cold period, which is called uh, stratification. So it has to go through, um, you know, six, eight weeks of cold temperatures in order to initiate germination of that seed. So if you have... You know, milkweed plants that naturally drop their seeds, that's that's perfect because they're naturally going through that cold period. But if you buy the seeds from a, your favorite seed catalog, you want to do it now because you want to get them out in the, into the garden as quickly as possible. And the great part about it is it doesn't require anything to sow it. They need light to germinate, so you can just drop them on top of the snow. Or, you know, wait till, till uh, you know, scrape the snow aside a little bit and spread them out on the surface of the soil and they'll germinate just exactly where they fall. So it's it's hard to believe that you can still be planting something right now, but you can. So it's a, it's a good idea to go out and plant your milkweed.
3: All right. Hey, congratulations to Gerald from Allison Park, the winner of that gift certificate from sorgals Don't forget, we still have that great gift certificate to give away from Janoski's. We'd love to hear from you too as well at 866-391-1020, dollar bank, dot kdka.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it
1: green. The organic gardeners. This is Radio 1020, KDK. Quiet. Any other business before we go to the phones?
4: Yeah, I'm going to be in Baltimore this week uh, at a thing called the Mid-Atlantic Nursery Trade Show. It's this big, giant trade show with all the new gardening stuff comes out, new plants and nice. accessories and everything. So I'll be reporting on that starting Wednesday. And I am I go every year. I love going. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Are you here next week? Uh no I'm not I'm actually then I'll be in Florida fishing.
3: <laughs> Jess? I'll be here. Good. I'll be here. Good because me doing this show alone that's scary. <laughs> all right eight six six First, you get the seeds. <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to begin. Let's go to Lynn in McCandless. Lynn. How you doing? Good morning. Welcome to the Organic Gardens with Doug and Jess on KDK.
2: Good morning. Great show. Happy New Year all. I uh, just wanted to ask you just lately in the last week I have had. Two, and now I have three mounds of dirt in my yard. They're the size of dinner plates and maybe about three or four inches high. We've had moles before, Mm -hmm. but these are big. There's no hole in the top, there's no tracks. I just wondered what animal do you think it would be? It's moles.
0: You have moles. Uh, there in my yard as well. Uh, That's a very telltale sign of them, that mound of dirt in the middle of the turf grass. Sometimes there's a hole in it, in the center of it. Uh, Sometimes there's not. It depends on how they dig the hole and all that stuff. They are uh, subterranean, so they live underground. And uh, this normally is not the time of year when we see them because the ground is frozen and and they're down deeper in the soil. But uh, up until this recent cold snap, we have had them and I've found quite a few in my yard. So it, it, you can look at it one of two ways, right? Doug, how do you look at them?
4: Yeah. Uh moles are, are great for the garden unless you can't stand where they're at. You know, yeah. you have to uh-huh. walk through all those tunnels and everything there uh aerate the soil, they eat grubs, and they leave a little fertilizer behind. So uh if they're in a perennial bed, if they're for me, if they're in the vegetable garden, I don't I don't care as long as it's moles and not voles. Right. Uh, It doesn't bother me, but again, if you can't stand the way those mounds are, when we get to the spring, I like that, uh, oh, it just went out of my head, mole mole scram. Uh Uh, It's organic, castor oil-based, castor oil-garlic-based, granular thing, and you kind of make a band of it close to the house and work the band every day a little further away, and you force those moles to go over to your neighbor's house where they could destroy (laughs) their lawn.
2: Okay, one thing I heard one time is you put juicy fruit gum down little holes yeah, in that the yard.
0: Yeah, doesn't, that doesn't work because um, moles are strict insectivores. They only eat insects. Okay. Um, now with voles, voles are a different beast. They're the ones that eat your plants and tubers, and they can get in the vegetable garden and gnaw on, you know, your cabbage roots and things like that. They are they are a whole different beast, and they live in big colonies. Uh, the moles are the ones that live so- solitary out in your lawn and make those mounds of soil like that. So no, juicy fruit gum will not do a darn thing because unless you find juicy fruit gum that tastes like an earthworm or a grub, you're out of luck. So. That's mm-hmm. not a very popular flavor. Not, not a very not popular, a popular flavor, flavor no. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
4: Earthworm.
2: All right. Well, thank you very much.
0: Thank,
4: thank you. you. Happy
3: New Year. Mm-hmm. Let's say hi to June. Hey, June, good morning. Welcome to the show.
2: Good morning. Um, I had a problem with my uh, basil over the summer mm-hmm. with the mildew. Mm-hmm. And you had met, I remember you had mentioned that there was, uh, you had to get seeds that were immune or whatever you call it. Um, where can I get those seeds? Because I can't live without basil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's basil downy mildew. It's a relatively new pathogen and it can completely. Wipe out your basil crops. It, it, I mean, the commercial it, it. growers are really struggling. Um, so, you know, the what we, we could have been talking about one of two things when it comes to the seeds. This is a pathogen that, unlike a lot of other pathogens, is actually carried in the seed. So, um, you know, you have to buy from a source that can actually certify and verify that has done pathological path. The pathology testing on it to make sure that they they are disease free when you start now that's not to say that the spores aren't going to blow in on the wind and infect the planet later but that at least is a good start Um, they are starting to breed some varieties that are resistant to uh, basil downy mildew, but I don't think at this time that there are any on the market as I'll far as sweet in, basil goes. I'll find
4: out in Baltimore. Okay, they'll, as far as sweet. Now sure.
0: there's other besides sweet basil. So like lemon basil is more resistant to it. The red basil, the what they call opal basil, that's more resistant to it. Greek basil is more resistant.
4: Probably African blue basil. That's African like blue,
0: yep. So the uh, even what about like
4: spicy globe. I was
0: going to say the small leaved varieties, like those dwarf ones, like spicy globe, they're more resistant. It seems to really target those big leaved sweet uh, yeah, basil the best. varieties. Oh. I know oh. they are. I know. Oh. But like I said, they are breeding. Um, and maybe, Doug, that should be something you could definitely be on the lookout for for our listeners of a company that has cer- bred a resistance. Certainly,
4: seed companies are really making sure that the seed isn't going to be infected. What happens, like you said, when it's out in the field, there's no, no one can control that. Uh, I always say now with this disease, I'm I'm planting a couple different crops. Well, yep. I always cr- plant a couple different crops of basil. I always keep it going to try. If some get infected, maybe the other ones won't. Uh, Do some
0: in containers. Yeah. Start some from uh, seed, but also start what some I've done. from plants. I really
2: have done that. But last, it was just devastating last yeah. year. At least I got some early on.
5: Yeah, but it was
2: like halfway through, and mm. I usually plant like 15. 15- 15 big things of basil because I just love it. So many recipes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And
0: hedge your bets by doing different varieties because even amongst the existing varieties, some may be more resistant than others. So don't plant all, you know, Genovese or don't plant all of one particular variety. Get get different varieties going in the garden just to to test their natural resistance as well. Okay. That's a help. Okay. Thank, you. Thank you.
1: Thank
3: you. All right. Let's go to John in Bethel. Hey, John. Good morning. Welcome to the Organic Gardeners on KDKA.
1: Good morning. I'm a relatively new dahlia gardener, and I
2: tried to follow your directions. Um, I cut them down after they froze, and I, uh, I let them sit on their underground for a while. And I dug them up, and I got these big clumps, and I'm thinking about dividing them. And one of the questions that I, occurred to me is, what happens to dahlias that are planted in warmer weather where they don't dig them up? Don't, do they just keep growing
1: where they are?
4: Yeah, it becomes what we call a dahlia jungle. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, they'll just keep going. I mean, even of course, this weather, no dahlias are probably going to make it. But in the last few winters, we've had where they've overwintered. Yeah, and you'll get if there's an eye on that tuber, it's going to send up another stalk. Uh, I, if it was me and I was growing in a warm climate, I would probably be digging them up and separating them because I would want them to be, you know, one big tuber starting out and, and with a big stalk and be able to do its thing. But that would be interesting to see. I've never really seen that where uh like a perennial dahlia bed.
5: I was just
2: wondering if it would if you could just uh obviously take off the dahlia uh tubers
1: that are, are bad in any way, um wrinkled or, or rotten. But what if you put a bunch just back in the ground the way they were?
4: Be a fun experiment.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think I'll try. Just some each way and see what
4: happens. You know, I always talk about when we talk about dahlias is when we get to the spring, the uh, Greater Pittsburgh Dahlia Society has these two auctions that I just love, and it's a great way to add dahlias to your garden really inexpensively oh. <laughs> and get really cool stuff, stuff that you couldn't get anywhere else. It's one of the the best gardening events you could ever imagine. It's in the paper, every, or you can look at the – Greater Pittsburgh Dahlia Society's website. Uh-huh. And there's usually one third week of April and then one in May. The one in April is just for the tubers. Then in May, the plants will already be sprouted. But all these great growers, with all their tubers, they're sharing their tubers. And for, you know, just a few bucks, you can get some really, really cool stuff. And then you'll really be hooked. And...
1: Uh, oh, I'm hooked already. <laughs> I've already got my 50 that one, So,
4: uh, you know. Oh, that sounds awesome. Just keep going. I just love them. Okay. Hey, thank you for the advice. Thank you. Thank
3: you. All right. Our lines are open. If you want to join us, 866 391 1020, Dollar Bank Instant Access, The
4: other thing about dahlias is Proven Winners, and I found this out a couple years ago at Mance, has a variety out, and of course, I can't remember the name. I'll try and look it up, but that isn't as day length sensitive. And so it blooms earlier and it Mm. doesn't really make tubers. And so. uh, I I write about it all the time, but of course I can't remember anything I write about or (laughs) even my own name sometimes. But you
0: can remember every detail about every 1960s TV show. Yeah,
4: off the air we were talking about uh, Jerry Van Dyke's My Mother of the Car. Yes, I can remember who played and and what the
0: the car was and everything, but I can't
4: remember anything important.
0: And I'm exactly the opposite. I can remember all the botanical names (laughs) and all the stuff about plants, but then can't remember anything else. That's why we're such a great team. But that's right. There you go. We make up for each other's shortcomings. You know the Latin
4: names? I know that Ann Southern was. My mother's the car.
0: <laughs> there is a dahlia that's um, I wanted to tell you about real quick. That if you haven't grown this one, worth trying. It's called Crème de Cassis,
5: mm. uh,
0: and it the top side of the petals is like a wine-colored burgundy, and the underside of the petals is creamy lavender, and uh, they sort of twist and curve, and it's a really cool, unique dahlia, and it's one that I think I'm going to grow this year for sure. I saw it in a catalog. I was like, whoa, that's
4: cool. There's one called Duet that was actually bred from a Pittsburgher, and mm. it's become just a, you know, very easy to find, really cool. Uh, it's it's white and maroon, kind of variegated flower, but just that it has a Pittsburgh history is, is cool. When I traveled to Amsterdam uh, for a garden tour, the first thing at the flower market I saw... Was duet and I was like, oh, I, I came all the way to Holland and here's a and
0: it's bred by a Pittsburgh. And a
4: guy that was bred by by well, a Pittsburgh. That's
0: really cool. And I did
4: did a story on that years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't remember the name of the gentleman who who did it, but he came from my friend Dan Cummings. He 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 gave me the tip on the the story. And so whenever I see duet, I always think, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh Dahlia.
0: Yeah, I only really grow maybe three, four dahlias in my garden. Every year, I don't always overwinter the tubers because I like to try new ones every year. That is, see the different see, color combinations. That is a great
4: point because a lot of people won't grow dahlias because, well, I don't want to save the tuber. Well, don't.
0: Just grow them as an animal. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Just
4: don't deny yourself the beauty of dahlias. Right. Uh, but
0: I had one that you were talking about before that came back last year that I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe. I'm like, that is a dahlia sprouting up out of the ground. I had that one. I had one,
4: I don't know if it was last year or the year before, just a pure yellow one that... Uh, that did the same thing, but I don't think this year. I don't, I don't with with this this winter winter.
0: Yeah. We'll be, we'll be lucky. I think sometimes that some of the things that are fully hardy. will come back after crazy uh, temperature like this, especially if the ground was really
4: wet. Yeah. I'm worried about some of my marginal plants. I grow that one rose, Zephyrin droheen. Yeah. And it's, it's a zone six, Yeah. you know? And so, and since it's a climber, it's so exposed, you know, you've got 20 feet of, I've had it die all the way back to the ground. And polar vortex, I lost it. Mm. So I'll be interested to see what happens when. Uh, It'll be when interesting we get to with the, the, the
0: Leland Cypresses, too, if anybody has any of those. Because yeah, if you remember when we had that I, Polar I vortex, we had three beautiful Leland Cypress on the side of the house, and all three of them just completely died uh, because again, it's a marginal plant. And that was so sad because they were 10, 12 feet tall. They were just getting to the point where they blocked out the view we wanted to block. And then that was that. My son
4: put like 20 of them in for the same reason down in Virginia. Yeah, And uh, I got a a text. What do you do about the bucks rubbing trees? Emergency needed right now. Took like two or three of them probably killed them. Oh, you know? but, but at
0: least they're, I mean, they're more hardy yeah, yeah. there. So be, although I don't know, they've had some pretty cold temperatures you know, yeah, down there too. Yeah, he texted me
4: 11 degrees down there, which is yeah. really cold for them.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. It's not quite polar vortex, which was like minus 20, but that is marginal for them. So it'll be interesting to see if they survive or not. It depends on how sheltered they are and stuff like that, too.
3: So, Cyclobomb Genesis, kind of the description of my life, ladies and gentlemen. All right, what in the heck is a Cyclobomb Genesis?
0: It's a great name for a band. I got to say that. You know what? That'd ladies and great.
3: gentlemen, Cyclobomb Genesis! Good night. <sighs> You've been a great audience. Hello, Pittsburgh. All right, listen, we'll take a very short break. As a matter of fact, it'll be so short it'll seem like we never left. Really? Yeah. All right, so please stay with us. 866-391-1020 or dollar bank instant access kdk.com. Next stop, we head out to the frigid part of Pennsylvania Venue known as Clary and Kelly to talk to one of our favorite listeners, Brad, in just a couple of moments. Good morning.
1: Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green, the organic gardeners. Here's Radio 1020, KDKA.
3: Hey, the good folks at Janoski's getting revved up for their big Valentine's Day buffet. We'll tell you more about that in a moment. But how about a gift certificate right now? I'll tell you what, it'd be a nice day to get a good breakfast at the country restaurant, too, up there in Clinton. If you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you'll win a $25 gift certificate from Janoski's in Clinton. Let's go to Clarion County, as promised, and say good morning to Brad. Brad, welcome to KDKA. How are you, sir?
5: Hey, you're doing great. Uh, I had a question for the gardeners this morning. Um, My wife, I mean, my daughter got us a beautiful ponsetta before Christmas, and she called it a jingle bell uh, ponsetta. And uh, the only thing different about it, it's really bright red, but it's got white spots all over the flowers. Now the problem I have is the green part of it. The green leaves are all wilted and falling off, but the flowers are still beautiful. And I don't suppose there's any, anything to do about recovering those green, uh, green leaves, but uh, I was wondering what might have caused that.
4: Well, the good news about the poinsettia is that it is a good windowsill plant. Now, a lot of times when they go from the greenhouse to indoors they're going to lose some leaves. Sometimes if they're over watered, they're going to lose leaves. Uh You got to re- be really careful on the watering. I've actually got one that has been in the inside for, I think, two seasons now. Uh And the green leaves look more like pale green, mm. <laughs> you know, they're just kind of poking along, but I keep them really on the dry side.
0: Are you um, removing the basket or the foil when you water and allowing that water to drain out?
5: Uh, we have a plate sitting underneath it with a paper towel on it.
0: Okay. So the
5: water, and uh, my daughter did suggest that. She thought maybe I overwatered it.
0: Yeah. You have to be careful with that because if you, if it's in a basket or foil that the water is sitting up against the roots like that, that will cause it to, uh, can cause root rot. And it, it what's funny is that symptoms of overwatering look an awful lot like symptoms of underwatering. So you should really only water that plant when you lift the pot up and it's super light. Uh, and then carry it to the sink to water it, and really let that water flush through the, you know, and out those drainage holes in the bottom, and that's really the the best way to water a poinsettia. Not not get try not to get the leaves wet, and really just concentrate that water on the roots. But I suspect that probably going from the high light levels of the greenhouse to the low light levels of your house um, are probably the main factor that's causing that leaf drop. And it
4: it will start sprouting again too. You know it'll start sprouting leaves as the color fades you'll get some other leaves coming up on the on the stalk oh, okay. uh, and jingle bells is a really cool variety i like that one a lot that's a it's different really nice. different type of uh poinsettia
5: yeah now uh i the reason i probably over watered our house was pretty warm like this time of year you know it's really cold outside so we came for our house pretty warm and uh maybe that was the fault. i thought maybe it needed more water because of the Heat in the house, you
0: know. Yeah, yeah, and well, and uh, a very warm house can also affect poinsettias, in the especially if you have it near like a heat register, or you know, sitting on top of a radiator or something like that. That can also cause that foliage to dry up and crinkle. So,
5: do be careful, I careful about have that. I could have a centerpiece in her table.
0: Okay, <laughs> that's good. So it's not near, and is it a nice and bright location there?
5: Yeah.
4: Okay. All right, perfect.
0: Good. So I think you should just stay the course. Uh, if the, not, worry too much when those leaves fall off, and um, a lot of poinsettias will actually go through a dormant period where everything falls off, and the, just the bare sticks. And you're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? <laughs> and then um, it, it, you can even just put it in your garage and just water it very sparingly at that point. And then when the weather warms up in the middle end of May, you can take that plant outside, and it will grow all new leaves, and it'll be beautiful, lush, tropical-looking plant in the shade garden somewhere. Um, Uh, and then bring it back indoors in the fall. So, you know, don't give up on it.
5: Okay, well I am a gardener too. I plant a big vegetable garden during springtime and uh, we live off of that during the summer.
4: Oh,
3: that's great.
0: great. Well, Wonderful. now you can be a poinsettia gardener. Yep.
4: <laughs> Thanks for your call. Okay, Happy you New Year. Thank you. All
3: right, there's our buddy Brad. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access, com. Eric from Dormont, congratulations on winning that $25 gift certificate from Janoski's.
4: Well, yeah, something interesting happened with an amaryllis, huh?
0: I did. Well, you know, amaryllis, uh, I was um, given this ball by the good folks at White Flower Farm, and uh, I was so excited to grow it because I haven't grown an amaryllis in a long time. But then I found out that it's like one of the most poisonous plants for cats. So I had to put it in a location that they really couldn't get to, which is on top of the refrigerator for a while. But then it got too tall for there. So then I moved it in the, this plant stand in the corner that they really can't jump on. And I felt like I felt good about the location that I had it. But we went away over the holidays and I, they get really bored and they make lots of trouble when we're gone. So I thought. The amaryllis or the cats? The cats, not okay. the amaryllis. But who knows what amaryllis do when you're not home? I, you know, I'm not, I don't know. So we th- I thought, well, you know what? When we go away, I'm just going to put it in the garage. It's really cold in our garage, not freezing, but very cold. I thought, I'm just going to put it in the corner of the garage for while we're away. And then if it makes it, it makes it. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Well, we came back. And what was funny is that, you know, when amaryllis start to open, they progress so quickly. Uh, and but what happened was it put it in a holding pattern. And when we left, it, lo- it the one flower stalk was in full, beautiful bloom. But the other one had was still buds. And that's exactly what it looked like when we came back almost 10 days mm. later. Because of those cold but not freezing temperatures, it put in a holding pattern, and now we I moved it back up onto that little table again, and the second stalk, the second bud is almost... So we didn't miss any of it. I was like, oh, we're going to miss it because I'm going to be away, but it turned out perfect.
4: I've got a bunch also from White Flower Farm, and the morning sun was coming through the bud. And you could see it made it translucent. Oh, cool. I posted a picture of it on my Instagram. And you can see that that dark flower is just about, it might be today, it might be tomorrow, just about ready to uh, explode. And I just, uh, man, I just love those flowers. I, I was writing about, you know, amaryllis It's and paper whites, you know, <laughs> they're traditionally grown as ho- holiday plants. But like for amaryllis, boy, I like them any time of the year. Uh, and since I have so many, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're blooming all the time. You know, yeah, it's you like you, they're going to get here. I'm going to have a bunch in February. Uh, so it's just a, a a great, easy thing to just throw on the windowsill and enjoy some, some flowers, especially when you can get like this one that sent me. I can't wait till it blooms called Rebecca because mm. it's fragrant, fragrant. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, oh, what's the other one? Just this giant one. I can't remember the name of it. I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> uh, but I just love when they bloom. And they're so easy to take care of. Yeah, you know. I'm
0: looking forward to trying to get this one to return next year, too. That's that's going to be a, a nice challenge.
4: Well, I was doing everything just about wrong. Everything that we've been talking about, according to uh, the head gardener at White Flower Farm, you know, I was just doing what I was taught which was putting it in the shade, mm-hmm. uh, fertilizing the heck out of it. But she's putting them in full sun and keeping them watered and barely fertilizing them uh, and getting them to come back. And the thing is, when you put them into that dormancy in the end of the summer, she just lets them sit and they tell her when the water is to come because they'll, without water, they'll start to send up just the tip of the bud looking for, okay. like, is it time yet? Yeah. And so, and
0: that's when she starts. To water. when she
4: starts to water them. But that she goes, it's a it's a pain because four or five will do that, but then two or three won't, and you'll forget about them. And then she says, "I'll have amaryllis flowers on the porch in July." <laughs> you know, she'll oh, take the pot out. Oh yeah. You know, so I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, it's one of those things that, you know, you just got to experiment with it and hope for the
3: best. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank. Instant access com. A new year, new you. Healthy recipes in the 8 o'clock hour. Join Frank Dentisi on the Coons Cooking Hour. Doug and
1: Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners.
4: This is Radio 1020, KDKA. Well, I got a text from my friend Bill in Warrendale. Minus 11 right now. <laughs> what effect on my garlic? Well, as long as that garlic is mulched, you should be okay. If you got a nice layer of straw, which I tell everybody, give that blanket of straw over that garlic. I actually think it's a, a good thing to get cold for the garlic. Put it into dormancy. It'll be fine, unless it's not. <laughs> I did
0: not. I did not mulch mine this year, so Oof. this will be an interesting. You know,
4: a couple of years, before the polar vortex, I talked to Ron at uh, Enon Valley, or after the polar vortex, and he told me that a lot of people lost their garlic that mm. didn't have that mulch on there. I've I've never lost my garlic, regardless of the temperatures, as long as I had that really thick layer of straw on top. Mm. Now, my fig tree, on the other hand, <laughs> that yeah. I'm worried about. You know, yes, it's wrapped up and it's got straw around it and it's in a tomato cage and there's a little air going through it.
0: It might die back to the ground yeah, and only I'm come thinking, out from the I'm roots. thinking it might. Yeah. Uh,
4: but Bill, it'll be interesting to see the spring what what happens to your garlic. I I really think we're going to be okay. Can you
0: put mulch on it now if you have it? Sure, sure. So you could
4: just yeah. put it on top it, of the it, snow? It, it couldn't hurt. Yeah. Couldn't hurt course we're done with all the cold weather well so, who so knows it comes again who right? knows
0: i mean it's only early january yeah get a bale of so straw
4: knows? if you don't have any on there and and mulch your garlic
0: yeah i'm going to go out there and minus 11 and mulch my garlic <laughs> that would be something you would do but i'm yeah. not so sure i'm going to do it I'll, I'll take the chance and see how it goes so we have a uh, mrs know it all
4: that's right denise Schreiber, greenhouse manager for Allegheny parks is mrs know it all happy new year mrs know it all
2: and happy new year to everybody down there I came home from work Friday, and I'm not going back outside until tomorrow when I have to go back to work. <laughs> There's nothing I want to do outside that's that important. She is not I, mulching her garlic, uh, yeah, is I, what she's saying. I, I think we're
4: all on board with that.
5: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, um, a couple of things. One is, you know, we haven't had a lot of snow, but you know, um, some of our re- or our listeners get a little more than I do, and you can actually use snow as a windbreak on your plants, kind of pile it up against it. Now, you don't want to use anything where you've been salting your driveway or anything, but actually having snow up against your plants will actually give them some protection from this horrible weather and the wind, which has really, I think, been worse than the temperatures themselves.
0: So you're talking about using it as sort of an insulation, a little blanket, right, right over those plants. So what kind of plants? Perennials, shrubs, evergreens.
2: Shrubs. Well, you know, I don't think you know our perennials are down to the ground, and they're already protected by the uh, snow cover. I'm talking more. You, know, you don't want to do a tree. That's way too much snow. But actually, shrubs that actually helps protect them uh, from drying out with these winds.
0: Mm-hmm. So and sort of make just sort of like a donut of snow
2: around yeah, you know, that when shrub? When you used to make like a little fort, yeah. you know, if you wanted to, to hide behind and throw snowballs. That would be ideal, you know, uh, is just to pile it up gently. You don't want it where it's going to break any branches. Mm-hmm. Just want it to protect it from the prevailing winds. You know, you don't have to uncover the whole thing, but if you know which way the wind blows, you can actually protect it, you know, on that side there. And, you know... N- Every little bit helps at this point.
0: And your neighbors won't look at you funny at all for being out uh, there building no. a snow fort around your uh,
2: boxwood. <laughs> My neighbors want the Florida. They <laughs> care. Oh, that's right. We, they well, were smart, right?
0: When we
4: have this extended cold like this, uh, is there anything you think we should worry about as far as plants making it or or most of the perennials?
2: You know, um, if you have any young trees and shrubs, that's a concern. I have a young Japanese maple and I did wrap it. I have covers that I use to wrap it around. But even still, you know, prolonged cold weather like this can damage young plants. That's why we always tell people to make sure they water really well until we get a, a freeze rather than just a frost. Because the plants are going to need every little bit of moisture in them.
0: Yeah, great. Excellent advice. Thank you so much, Denise. Stay warm today.
2: Yeah, I will.
0: <laughs> I don't think I think we were talking about going down to the RV show Uh, This weekend, but uh, sometimes there's a line out the door, and it's going to be awfully cold to have to stand in that line outside the door. So
4: figure out some way to get people inside.
0: I would hope so, but I don't know. That happened last year, and it was mighty cold waiting out on that line. So I think today might be a good day to just huddle around the fireplace and watch some movies.
5: Joanne
3: in Whitehall, the last call of the morning with Doug (laughs) and Jess on KDKA. Go ahead, Joanne.
2: Hey, better late than never. Uh, (laughs) I had got some. Calvin Kalanchoe plants, which I learned how to pronounce from you mentioning it on the program. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, uh, they were doing beautifully. And every time I water them now, the end of the leaves, not all the leaves, are getting yellow and dying. And I thought, maybe it's the water. So I started to uh, boil it and sterilize it. And it still is happening, and it happens after I water them. What am I doing wrong?
0: Is it primarily the older leaves, or is it higher up on the plant? Which it leaves? It could
2: be the older, and it could also be the new little ones coming out whenever the blooms die. Okay, are they turning?
0: Uh, eventually, you know, I know you mentioned the tips of them are turning yellow. Are they eventually getting brown? Yep. Also, okay. So that's typically a sign of salt burn, which uh, a lot of the fertilizers that we use are salt based fertilizers, especially the chemical based fertilizers. And that can happen when they're, bec- they're, gets to be a salt buildup in that potting soil and this can happen on any house plant and we call it tip burn because what happens are those salts come, come up through the vascular tissue of the plant with the water and they go as far as they can which is at the very tip of the leaf and they accumulate and collect there and it burns out that leaf tissue. So this is why it's so important whenever you water any house plant or even plants outside why you should really take it to the sink and flush that water through and allow at least 20 20% of what you put in the top needs to drain out those drainage holes in the bottom. And in the process, that flushes out those excessive fertilizer salts that can build up in the soil. Um, sometimes they show up as like a white crust on the top of the soil. That's also a buildup of fertilizer salt So you really have to make sure you're flushing that water through. Don't add any more fertilizer to it. You should never fertilize houseplants during the winter months. You really and, only and do that one, starting in March. That's one that March.
4: doesn't even really need much right. of anything. And again, that's another one. That really likes it dry. It really thrives in, in with neglect. You know, I've got one that's been grown for two, three years on the windowsill, and you know, the, along with an agave. And I'm trying to think what else is in there. Something that really, you know, another like succulent. An yeah, yeah, another yeah. succulent that just every once in a while you look at it, and you're like, oh, you yeah, know, that needs a little bit of water. <laughs> but you know, maybe for me, like seriously, once every three weeks or something like that for yeah. a plant like that. Yep. It's nice to see them bloom on the windowsill, though. It
0: sure is. Okay, do you think that, does that uh, sound like it'll help you out a little bit there?
4: All right, thank Great. you for the oh, call. Thank you. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Wrap it up with
3: Doug and Jess. A couple of moments on News Radio 1020 KDK. Good morning.
1: Hey. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The organic gardeners. This is Radio Ten Forty KDK.
3: All right, we'll get the latest on the ever-changing weather. It's supposed to get some accumulation here in the, this part of our world tomorrow. Two to four inches throughout the day. Actually, the forecast will be along right after CBS News, which comes your way with the world headlines at eight o'clock, two minutes away. But our final moments now with Doug and Jess in this week's edition of the Organic Gardeners. Guys. So
4: my New Year's resolution is to do a better job with my tomatoes. You know, I didn't stake them last year. I just kind of let them do their thing. But I've, I'm just bound to determine. I've already dumped uh, manure there weeks ago onto that bed that's going to be for the tomatoes. I'm going to do a better job with my tomatoes. Anything for you? You're going
0: to have huge tomatoes if you just dump manure on there. Oh,
4: You're I can You're going to have wait. like
0: 10-foot tall tomatoes. I know. I hope you get fruit on them.
4: Oh, it'll be good. Make
0: sure you test for phosphorus. Okay,
4: it'll if be fine. you have all that
0: nitrogen on there, no phosphorus. i got no lots, phosphorus. Of, lots of
4: compost there. I just need right, a little bit more nitrogen. All right, I'm just telling
0: you. I'm just telling you.
4: What about for your garden?
0: <laughs> a, a New Year's resolution for my garden. I hadn't actually thought much about that. Uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of resolutions because it's just, I don't know. I never keep them anyway. So. I made
4: mine way before New Year's. Did I just got to do a better just job like a, with, this year's a, Yeah, I just got to do right. a better job with my tomatoes. You yeah. know, I love homegrown tomatoes. I love growing them from seed. I grow a hundred different varieties and give most of them away. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't. I just. I just. It just fell through the cracks yeah. you know, with everything else that's going on. Well,
0: you know what? If it makes you feel any better, I did a terrible job with my tomatoes this last year, too. It but does. That was because like... I had that surgery and I couldn't get out there. So, you know, maybe we should both resolve to be better tomato parents next
4: year. <laughs> Remember, the organic <laughs> gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.TV. Watch every out-of-market,
1: regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long.